Hi, this is KJ. Here's another episode of I'm 62 and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I was just looking at the uh, demographics on my podcast and even though I don't have a very big audience and I appreciate everybody that listens to it, it's mostly young men and I'm really surprised that uh, loneliness and isolation would be something that young men would be uh, interested in. I figured I'd be talking to more old shut-ins like myself whose better days are, you know, we feel our better days are behind us. But it seems to be a universal topic. I don't have to be my age or my gender to suffer with isolation and loneliness especially in this time of COVID. I've had a few things happen to me here recently, and it really does make me think. I was was listening to another podcast with a therapist on it, and one of the things that she said was that when you notice the same thing happening to you over and over again, maybe the common denominator is you. And that's got me really upset. That's something I would want to talk to my own therapist about because I'm thinking of several things that have happened to me. And yeah, the common denominator is me. You know, my my dad pretty much disowned me my entire life. A husband takes off with another woman after 35 years. My employer tries to get rid of me after 25 years and not one of them will tell me why. So I don't know if it's me or if it is the circumstance I'm in. But, you know, to hear that the common denominator is you and maybe you need to look inward as to what's going on. I've been trying to do that for the last five years. But I've had another, kind of another three-peat of a situation. And again, I'm wondering if it's me. I don't seem to be number one with any person. I always feel like I'm the afterthought. Now, granted, you know, I was married for 35 years, same guy since I was 19. I kind of, you know my whole focus pretty much went towards him. We moved to a rural area. That's the only place we could afford a house and kind of lost contact with a lot of the people that I had grown up with. And a lot of the people that, you know, I've fortunately made reconnections with them. I mean, even including my sister, which I talked about the last time. So, these other, you know, other friends, they uh, make plans and they tell me about their plans, but they never invite me. When I ask about doing something, they go, well, let me know what you're going to do and then maybe I'll get a chance to show up. It really hurt when 
I bought a season's pass to the local ski area because some of the benefits were was going to one of the big the big areas, Sun Valley. And this was something we'd all talked about in November. And then um, last week, I find out that the group has already made plans and they've got their reservations and they've got their driving and who's picking up what and they're telling me all about this and didn't even think to ask if I wanted to go and I did want to go I mean I could afford it I've got the tickets I could definitely go and it really feels like a, a blow below the belt when you always feel left out Uh, last yesterday was the last day of ski school and coming down off the mountain I find out the chaperone that I've known for five years and we've been relatively close I mean I've been over at her house for Christmas Day even um, I include her in a lot of you know trips and planning um, find out that she's been dating a guy for a year and she's never mentioned it the only reason she actually mentioned it is that he took her on a trip for her 50th birthday and she posted pictures of, you know, going out of state with no pictures of any people in it. And so I asked her, I said, you know, what was the idea of going where you went? I thought she'd had a relative down there. And she goes, well, no, this guy I've been seeing through COVID took me down there. And it's like, well, who is it? Well, I, I can't say, you know, he's not very attractive and he's 13 years older than me and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you don't feel comfortable. You, you're, you're going on a plane with somebody. You're sleeping with somebody. You've been seeing them over a year, but you don't feel comfortable telling somebody their name or showing them a picture or anything. So I don't know if that says more about me or says more about her that's really upsetting that you feel you can't you can't be a confidant for somebody that you've known for you know several years and you've gone on trips with and stuff like that but yet she doesn't feel comfortable telling you about a person that she's been dating for over a year i went over to eastern washington and went skiing over there and uh Went by myself again, and I pack up the dogs, made reservations, and then, uh, you know, another instructor says, well, let me know when you're going to be there, and uh, I'll swing by if I can. And it's always this, if I can. It's never, yeah, we're going to be there, let's meet up, let's go. And then there's no, like, let's stop and have something to eat. It's always, yeah come over we did a little bit of skiing up oh, got to go home because I've got plans with somebody else afterwards and I'm never the focus of the person who you're planning to have the plans with you know I've got season tickets to the Seahawks and since I don't have anybody to go with I'll invite friends to go with me and not once have they ever offered to, you know, 
buy as much as a hot dog. And those tickets are expensive. You know, so this last season, well, of course, we didn't have any games this last season. Um, but the season before, I started selling some of the tickets because I really, it got to be so uh, depressing that nobody did anything to, to be reciprocal in what, you know, what I was doing. This all may sound like a giant pity party. In a way, it kind of is, but it kind of epitomizes how do I integrate myself back into the world? I think a lot of people are going to be going through this once COVID has kind of got a cap on it and you have to start making plans. You're going to, you know, people who have been isolated with their family, are they going to want to even socialize with anybody? How is, how is socialization going to look like now that we've all been, you know, isolated by ourselves? Now, granted, you know, I'm here, I'm by myself. I got my cats and I got my dogs. I go to the grocery store. I go to the doctor. I go skiing and that's about it. This summer, I'm dreading this summer because things will be opening up, but what do I do? It's come, you know, it's really gotten to be pretty obvious that, that you know, I'm not a priority for anybody to, to be around. And it seems like the only time I'm around folks is when... I'm the giver and they're the taker. I'd like just once for somebody to, you know, offer to take me somewhere, offer to, you know, treat me to a meal, offer to come over and, you know, help. I guess I kind of think maybe I used up all of the, you know, all the good karma the first year I was in such a state when Dick Doodle left, maybe, you know, I just sucked up all of the resources at that point. I was hoping through in that, that I had made some friends, but it seemed like, you know, everybody rallied. That was great. Everybody rallied for me, but here we are five years later and I still don't have anybody that I can call and talk on the phone with. Uh, I still don't have anybody that, you know, I could have a socially distanced drink with. I still don't have anybody I could, you know, really sit and talk over Zoom and pretend to be having a cocktail hour with him. So the, to me, I don't know the depth of the relationships, even though everybody was lovely and helped out. And then I feel ungrateful. I guess that's the other piece of it is that, you know, I should be grateful for what I got. I got a lot of help and I would never discount anything anybody did for me. They did wonderful things. And now everybody seems to have scattered. I don't know if my friend dating this man through COVID is just a COVID relationship. And I know I've heard of this going on that people are dating other people that they never would have, you know, fooled with in their life if it wasn't for the fact that they were isolated. 
But the secrecy, I don't get the secrecy. I really don't. I would think if you're if you're flying somewhere, you're seeing somebody, you're you're dating them, you're sleeping with them, wouldn't you? If you had gone that far with an individual for a year, uh, wouldn't you think that it'd be you know kind of open? Personally, I could not keep a secret like that. I would be too excited. Um, at least I would hope I would. Well, the only way I could be with somebody is if I was excited about them. They have to challenge me. They have to, you know, have a personality. They have to have fun. I'm not looking for somebody. I'm not looking for a wallet. I don't need a wallet. Uh, you know, once I get rid of this goddamn house, then, you know, I can move out. Money is not going to be an issue. The only reason money is an issue right now is that I've got everything tied up in this fucking house and it's a piece of shit. It needs to sell and I could go get myself a house that's actually more comfortable for me and my animals. And uh, it's not really starting over. You know, everybody goes, oh, you get a fresh start. I'm not looking for a fresh start, I, you know. I'm looking for a clean house. Tell you a funny story. So, yeah, I said I went to Eastern Washington last week and went skiing. I was really go. I went over. I left Monday afternoon and came home Wednesday afternoon. So, I mean, it was really just bombing over, you know, skiing a couple of days and coming home. Well, Friday before, my stupid dog and my stupid cat they just kept pegging at the entertainment center and they're sniffing and they're barking and they're acting all crazy. And so I get the flashlight and uh, I'm looking all around trying to figure out what was going on and I don't see anything. I can't, you know, I'm flashing and all every place that they're marking, I'm not seeing a thing. Well, this went on Saturday as well. So I got the vacuum cleaner out and I sucked up all the dog hair and I swept all underneath it and I cleaned it all up. Still nothing. I mean, I nothing. I didn't have a clue what's going on. Well, Monday before I left, Buddy is at the end of the entertainment center and he's got his nose wedged. I mean, the entertainment center is only about an inch and a half away from the wall. And this thing is one of those honking old ones that holds a 36 inch, you know, Fred, um, Flintstone style TV. And it's heavy as hell. And Buddy's got his nose wedged right there. And it's like, what the hell is wrong with you as a dog? And he's just scratching and scratching and he's barking and he's just losing his, his cookies over it. I get the flashlight out again. And fucking, if I'm not flashing down there, I just see this nose. And I couldn't really tell if it was a mouse. I figured it was a mouse. It was a goddamn rat. And the rat had electrocuted itself by chomping into a wire back there. So I called my neighbor to see if he had some some suggestions on how to get this goddamn rat out from behind the entertainment center. And he suggested, you know, some barbecue tongs. Well, I went outside and I dug around and I did find some gardening tongs that are about mm, probably two feet long. Okay, this looks like it's going to be the ticket. I come inside 
and I'm as squeamish as hell. I mean, really, really, really squeamish. I mean, this is not something that I have any desire of fooling with. Tell you the truth, you know, I've had a little bit of a mouse problem in the back on the mudroom, and I've been using a live trap just so that I can trap the mice and throw them out into the alley because I don't want to deal with dead carcasses. And, of course, the guys I talk to, they tell me I'm a complete idiot because, you know, they're just going to go out there and multiply. And it's like, well, hell, you know, they're multiplying anyhow. And it's I don't feel like dealing with a dead body. So I have this dead rat behind the entertainment center. And it's about a foot in. So I get the barbecue tongs out and I go and get about five plastic bags and I kind of wad them all together and I throw them on the dead rat so that I can thinking I can just kind of like put the tongs underneath the plastic and the dead rat and then scoop it into the garbage bag well that sucker just it must have bloated or something because it was wedged in there really hard so then I had to move the end table and I kind of scooted the the carcass out towards the end of the entertainment center so when I got it finally out to a point I kept trying to pick the thing up and try, try to keep picking the thing up and I just it was heavy as hell and so I'm like I'm just not having any luck with it but finally I get the thing scooped up and then I drop it and at that point I scream you know one of those blood curdling girl screams which you really don't have any choice in the matter of which then summons the cat and the cat then I'm fighting off the cat at the same time that I'm trying to scoop up this dead rat without puking. Came, fortunately I had not eaten anything yet and if I had I'd have been cleaning up puke in addition to the carcass of a dead rat. So got the rat out of here. So those are the kind of things that I have to deal with in this house is what I found out is that when I had the big flood here in January it washed out. I was wondering where all the silt came from that was in the basement because the whole basement was covered in silt. Well, in the interim, I look underneath the basement stair because this is where I saw one of these mouses come running out of. And when I look under the stairs that go downstairs, there's nothing holding them up but a couple of bricks. So all of the soil that was underneath the basement stairs that go down into the basement has washed away. So now I, there's an open uh, open uh, void that goes out some, outside somewhere. And I have no idea where it goes from, where the water's coming in, or what to do. The problem is, is that the basement door is about six inches beyond the end of the stairs so that the basements, the stairs that go downstairs are open to the upstairs. And so that's where the mouse was coming up the stairs. I got some, uh, a roll of welded wire fencing that has a very small opening and I stapled it up the wall and I stapled it across the stair. I stapled it all over and sealed the edges with some duct tape. Unfortunately, I can't staple into the concrete. And I tried some flexifoam and some flexible caulk and everything else. Well, I did catch another mouse after I did all of this. So I don't know if the mouse was upstairs hiding or if it's gotten through again. So that's the experiment right now is that we've gone five days without catching a mouse. I keep telling my pets, you know, I've got pets, but they're not allowed to have pets because I really think that the cats are encouraging them. 
not a big fan of, you know, that, that's, I really, really want to get out of this house. I really do feel like just a boat anchor. All my money's tied up in it. All my effort is tied up in it. And it's just a cluttered mess because I can't put anything downstairs. Everything that should be downstairs is stacked in the back room or stacked up here or stacked in the corner. And it's driving me crazy. The clutter just feels like it's closing in on me. So when I'm staring here all day with nobody to talk to, staring at the clutter, knowing there's a thousand things I should be doing, but yet I'm trying to be productive at work in a position that I don't know how much longer I'm going to have, you know, contractually. They said two years. However, the contract, they would only write it for one year, but they're telling me that, you know, they have no intention of moving, you know, of, of, of changing the two years that I agreed to. So it's scary. I want to get the house sold and I want to get a house bought before my job runs out. And if I was in it, you know, I want to get, since I'm paying the actual mortgage and a HELOC that had matured, you know, a home equity loan that Dick Doodle had taken out, $100,000 that I did not know about and where that money went. Again, I don't know where it went. I would imagine it either went up his nose or it went up the girlfriend's butt. So, uh, but then I'm paying that off. So I want to get, if I can, you know, get money I need out of this house to put in a down payment on another and so I can buy the payments down. So if I do lose my job that I can afford to have a place to live, <laughs> it's just scary. You know, I'm 62 years old. I don't know where my job's going. I have a house that's falling apart. I'm driving a 2003 car that they're telling me, you know, you really start, need to start looking at replacing. I put another $1,000 into it last month. I can't afford a new car. I can't afford to do anything until I get this house done. And then to feel completely cut off from the world and nobody seems like, you know, wants to give me the opportunity to do anything or go anywhere. I just ruminate on it. I really do. I ruminate on it. It just goes on and on and on. And I look forward to going to the doctor, even though you know, I'm not a doc. I'm not a, a hypochondriac. You know, I, I'm losing the feeling in my hands. So I went into the doctor today and um, I ordered an MRI, but he says he really doesn't need it. He could see that I have a severe compression on the um, sensory nerve between the C5 and C6 vertebrae. And he could actually point out the arthritis that's growing around the outside of the bone. And it says it'll eventually fuse itself, but they want to make sure that it doesn't fuse with the nerve being pinched. Otherwise, it would need surgery. So and that's kind of scary. And I don't have anybody I can talk to about that. Again, I'm gonna ha I mean, I have to make another decision on without having any help. I'm just getting over the rotator cuff and uh, you know, it's little things like trying to get your groceries up five stairs to get into the house now and I need to get for my house. 
I need to get into something without any stairs. So, uh, in closing, how I don't know how to re um, reinvent myself. Am I the uh, the common denominator of why I get dumped? Am I the am I just an afterthought with other people? Do they think I'm doing fine? That's the one thing I won't talk to people about is what's going on. And quite frankly, nobody really wants to hear about it. Everybody else has their own problems. So I don't think it's fair of me to take up their time. But I would like to be invited some places. I would like to have someone to think about me. It's really hard. It's really hard. Now, I guess that's enough complaining for this week. I'm sure there'll be something next week to talk about. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a strange time. And I can't get the vaccination until uh, May. I don't, you know, I'm worried about the side effects, to tell you the truth. You know, I am skiing and it's I'm up at 5,000 feet. And the last thing I want to have happen is to get shortness of breath or some sort of an allergic reaction when you're, or um, muscle weakness and that. So I think it's wise to wait till after ski season is over with. And so, you know, it's probably going to be May 1st. So, again, um, if anybody wants to email me, I'm at skyer. K-A-Y-J-A-Y-1958 at yahoo.com. This is KJ. Thank my listeners. I had two unique listeners this week. An audience, it's about 125 people. So um, it's kind of interesting, you know, the demographics. I just find it fascinating. Uh, don't be afraid to reach out. If you've got similar um, issues and you just feel you need to put pen to paper or fingers to typewriter or fingers to keyboard, um, I'll answer you. So um, have a good week. Hope the weather's better where you're at. And I hope you don't have any rats hiding dead rats behind your entertainment center. Bye-bye.